might even, if you can crane your neck round um, and do it without giving yourself a neck ache, uh, I think we'll actually read it, shall we, as we go round. Can you see all the way round the wall? We've got the first verses of John's Gospel. So say it with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him, turn round, was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. I just want this morning to pick out this Christmas Day three surprising claims about Jesus with the help of both our verses and the presents we've got under the Christmas tree. Not actually those presents. We'll leave those ones aside. Uh, and uh, uh, I want a, a helper. Is there a, is there a child, maybe a sort of five to ten-year-old child? Five to ten, okay, would you like to come up? Yes. Uh, we brought the Christmas tree into church today, and uh, I want to mention three trees in Jesus' life. John hints at them in, uh, in the pro- prologue, all three of these trees. Did you know, first of all, that Jesus had a tree in his past, but it wasn't a Christmas tree? Now, would you help me? Uh, sorry. Would you come and, all of me, would you come and, let's take the first one, shall we? Would you like to unwrap it? It's going to be a key. Is this how you normally open all your Christmas presents? Because actually I do as well. Just rip them open. This, I hope, is going to be a key. To a tree, in, what's inside it? Nothing. I think there's something in there. Ah, here we go. What is it? Let's open it up. Can you take the paper off it? Now, what was this tree in Jesus' past? You hold one end, and I'll hold that end. Just hold it up. It was a family tree. Thank you very much indeed for your help. Give him a hand, would you, everybody? Now, did you know Matthew, in his gospel, traces the family tree of Jesus back to King David, and then even further back to Father Abraham, the father of faith. And Matthew wants to show us that Jesus is the descendant and fulfillment of both Abraham and David. He's the king of the Jews. Luke, in his gospel, traces the family of Jesus even further back, right back to Adam. Luke wants to say that Jesus is the ideal man. He's the second Adam who will put right what the whole human race has got wrong. 
He's the saviour of the world. But John, in our verse at the beginning, goes further back still. Right back to the beginning, before the universe was even formed. John wants to say that Jesus' family tree goes straight back to God the Father. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God the Father, and the Word was divine. He was with God in the beginning. John declares the divinity of Jesus, which means that he's God, the Son of God. So Jesus had a tree in his past, even right back to past eternity. But it wasn't a Christmas tree. It was a family tree that traces his divinity. Now, Jesus not only had a tree in his past before he was born, he also had a tree in his present life as he grew up in Nazareth. But again, it wasn't a Christmas tree. Can I have another volunteer to come and open the second tree? Would you like to come up? Thank you. How about this one? You can either do it delicately or you can rip it open as we've already had an example. This is the tree in Jesus' life as he grew up. Yeah, that's quite tough, that one. Shall we rip it? Can anybody guess what the second tree is? The tree in Jesus' life. I say this one has been wrapped up very carefully, hasn't it? I must ask my PA not to be quite so... quite so enthusiastic. Stand up. It was, forgive me, carpentry. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very, very much indeed. Jesus... Jesus grew up, first of all, as a baby, then a toddler, and then a child of Mary, his mother, and Joseph, his stepfather, which is an encouragement to step-parents and stepchildren. Jesus' family knew all about that. And he knew what it was like to be a teenager, which is good news for struggling teenagers and for struggling parents of teenagers. And finally, as a grown single man into his early 30s, which is a source of support for young single adults, Jesus knew it and he lived it. And as he grew up, he learned a trade with Joseph in his carpenter shop. Do you know one of the nicknames that Jesus was given was the son of the carpenter? And John hints again at all of this when he says the word that is, Jesus, became flesh, became a human being, a real person, and made his dwelling among us on earth, in space and time. There's a modern translation, the message translation of it, which goes like this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. 
And John is here emphasizing the other side of Jesus' person, that he lived a fully human life, just as we sang it just now. A real child, a real boy, a real man. He knew how to wield a mallet. He could hammer a nail perfectly straight. So are you with me? Jesus had a tree in his past It was a family tree. He had a tree in his present life on earth. But it wasn't a Christmas tree. It was his occupation, carpentry. And if the first tree tells us the divinity of Jesus, that he's God, the second tree tells us the humanity of Jesus. And that's what the gospel writers declared. It's what Christmas has meant to Christians down 2,000 years. Jesus is both fully God and fully man. Now, because Jesus was both divine and human, that uniquely qualified him to have a tree at the end of his life. Again, it wasn't a Christmas tree. Not just his eternal past and his earthly present, but in his future end. Can I have a volunteer? Sky, would you come up? Thank you very much. Some of you will have already guessed this one, I know. The tree in Jesus' life, right at the end of his... Would you come and help as well? Yes, it's really... All of these are really a two-man job, aren't they? Shall we? Stand up, would you? Thank you. It wasn't a Christmas tree. It was a cross. Give them a hand, would you? And let's place that. Thank you. You can go and sit down. Our single theme this Christmas has been Jesus, the one true light. And we've discovered the odd thing about light. Do you know, it attracts some and repels others. It attracts moths and sunflowers, they're drawn to the light, but it repels earwigs and ants. When you turn over a stone, they scuttle away into the dark. Or as John says later in chapter 3, light has come into the world, but some people love darkness rather than light. And John has hinted at this in the prologue when he says, the world did not recognize him, even his own people did not receive him. And at the end, instead of welcoming him, they crucified him. But you know, this was no accident. It was God's plan all along and Jesus' willing sacrifice. He whose hands hammered nails into wood allowed his hands to be nailed to a wooden cross. Because Jesus is both man and God, he was uniquely qualified to bring God to man through his birth, but man to God through his death. And he took the judgment of our rebellion, our independence from God, upon himself. And so there was a tree at the end of his life. But again, it wasn't a Christmas tree. It was a cross. Only that wasn't the end, of course. Three days later, he came back to life. And that means he's alive today. 
John is going to take 21 chapters to explain all this. But right from the beginning, he gives us this signature, this little hint. He says, yet to all who received him, who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And the same is true today. Um, I've confessed this to you before. I have a study at home, and it's over the front door of our house. And when I'm at home on my own, and somebody comes and rings on the doorbell, now this is the confession part of it, I do one of three things. I look over out of the window, down at who's below, and if it's someone just wanting to sell something off the street, I duck beneath the window and wait for them to go. Um, If I don't want to be disturbed, but it's someone I know, and actually I need to go and answer the door, I'll go downstairs and I'll talk to them on the doorstep, and maybe they need to deliver something or ask something or tell me something, and I'll chat with them uh, until their business is done. But if it's someone who I really want to welcome into the house, I want to drop everything, Whatever I'm doing, I'll say, come in. Uh, Would you like coffee? Would you like tea? Shall we have lunch together? And I'll welcome them right into the house and into my time and attention. Now, even this Christmas, there are some who duck at the message of Jesus. That wouldn't be any of us here today, or we wouldn't be here. None of us here is a ducker. But I wonder if any of us is a doorstepper. We go down and, as it were, nod to Jesus for a few minutes every year when really he wants to come into the whole of our lives and be with us and live with us, be part of our lives, to forgive us the things that are wrong, to help us and strengthen us, to do the things that are right, the things that God has planned for us. That's John's promise. It's his message. He came to his own home. And many, his own people, did not receive him. But, says John, to those who did receive him, he gave the power to become the children of God. Well, there isn't time to defend all of these wonderful, amazing claims. But I hope in this very brief sketch we've been able to outline some of them. And I want to encourage us all, whether we call ourselves a Christian or not, to explore them over time. We must decide for ourselves whether these claims are worth taking seriously. But they're so stupendous, they must be worth a look over time, not just over turkey and mince pies. And uh, one thing we'd like to invite you to, um, every year, at the beginning of the year, we run a series called Big Questions. There's cards about it. Uh, on your way out, pick one of those up if you'd be interested in looking at some of these stupendous claims that Christians make about Jesus and about what he wants to be and to do in our lives. Uh, The first one's on January the 18th, and we will be looking into exploring some of the big questions about the claims of the Christian faith. Well, now Janice is going to sing uh, with the band... Uh, about some of these truths of Christmas. Let's just listen to this.